They may not have seen it all, but they've experienced. Fourth and 26. Stinks it in trash. AI's crossover. Throwing batteries at J.D. Drew. Brad Lidge hugging Carlos Ruiz. The Legion of Doom. And thousands of wins and losses over three decades of fandom. Talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Here are your hosts, Joe O'Donnell and John Mita. After a one-week hiatus, it is the one and only Brotherly Love Podcast. You know what you love it. You know what you love it. Joe O'Donnell, John Mita here with you on SoundCloud.com. What's up, Johnny Meats? What's happening, Joe? How you doing, my man? It's good as always, brother. Good as always. Good to reconvene with you, talk a little Philly sports and more. That's what we bring here on the one and only Brotherly Love Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Belove Podcast, or else bad things will happen to you. All right, uh, let's jump right in, my friend. No guests, no interview guests for us here tonight. And uh, it's, it's you and I. We're going to begin with the 76ers and free agency, plus their summer league activity thus far. We'll talk about the super team that is now formed in Golden State. We'll get into the Phillies' lone all-star, Odubel Herrera, and with the trade deadline looming, should the Phillies be all-out sellers um, and look to continue to acquire assets. Plus, recently NFL.com ranked the league's defensive lines, and you and I have a big issue with the list. So lots to get into. Again, brotherly love podcast on SoundCloud.com. Eagles training camp a couple of weeks away. Once it gets that time of year, we'll probably be pretty birds-heavy. No question about that. Yeah, no question about that. (laughs) Um, All right. In the meantime, though, the Sixers have started summer league play. Ben Simmons, uh, in his most recent outing, 18 points and a loss to the Bulls. He was starting to get crushed local media-wise or at least uh, article-wise from some of the pundits and some of the fans that he wasn't taking enough shots. It is summer league, people. Chill out. But Ben Simmons last night with 18 points, uh, he had just eight shots in the previous game prior to that. And, um, well, let's start there before we get into free agency and the moves the Sixers have made. What have you seen from uh, the number one overall draft pick, John Mita? Uh, I think you definitely have to be impressed with uh, Ben Simmons so far in summer league. Obviously, he's not shooting the ball like everybody wants him to. But if you just look at the other assets that he has to his game, his court vision's incredible. Some of the passes that I've seen this guy make, and a couple of the games that he played in Utah and, of course, a couple in Vegas so, are just unbelievable. That basically, yeah, is he not the, he's not your 25 to 30-point scorer, but he just gets it done in other areas, which is going to be huge moving forward for this team. Just for example, the easy shots that this guy's going to get for the big men, for Joel Embiid, Okafor, Noel, whoever is on the roster at that time. So, in due time, people, I know he was getting killed for not taking a lot of shots. He wasn't really you – know, basically, teams are, are going to play – they're going to pack it in on him. And at some point, he's going to have to work on that jump shot a lot just so that they, they can't basically you know, take him out of the game because if they just let him have it and they know he can't shoot it, that's one way to uh, basically to shut him down. So I, I like what I see so far. I mean, it's exciting. He is 
Now, since Iverson, the Sixers haven't had a player, somebody that they drafted to get excited about in a very, very long time. So, so far, so good. Obviously, he's going to have to shoot it more. But so far, I I love what I see. And the other thing he just does on the court, it's just, I, I think we have a superstar in our hands, and it's about time. So, hopefully, they can put the necessary pieces around him and I think we'll be in good shape. Well, let's let's go, let's go right there because you know I, I got yeah. some thoughts on Ben Simmons so far and actually for yeah. me I, it might have been the first time in my life where yesterday now granted family's back east it was a long weekend yeah. wasn't a whole yeah. lot on sports wise but I saw the Sixers yeah. tweet that their summer league game was about to start and I actually put on an NBA summer league game yesterday. Now <laughs> more on that in a moment but Please, uh, for our peeps on SoundCloud.com, Johnny Mita, the Sixers' two major signings, uh, Jared Bayless, three years, $27 million, kind of a combo guard from what I'm gathering, shooting guard Jared right. Henderson, two years, $18 million. and then they signed Spanish point guard Sergio Rodriguez, one-year, $8 million deal. So guard city for the Sixers, no surprise there. That's what they needed. What you, what have you thought so far of their free agent signings? No, I, if we, you know, and this is something that we kind of talked about off there is, some of the contracts that these guys are getting in the NBA, a lot of these guys are getting overpaid. It's just kind of the way how the salary cap and how the money with the TV deal is playing out. And, you know, I like I like Bayless. He's a combo guard. He's not your typical point guard. It looks like you know, Ben Simmons is going to be asked a lot to facilitate the offense. Would I much rather a natural point guard like Chris Dunn, who we talked about, who I wanted to acquire badly, and I still want to hit summer league games. Yeah, but I like the fact that they didn't overspend for people just yet because coming up next year's draft is going to be loaded with guards. So if you don't make a trade for one of your big men to acquire another type guard, or and the two guys in Joe Henderson, I mean, he's a decent player. He's a nice player. I mean, he's, I don't know if he's a starter, but this is, these two guys that they signed in free agency are drastic improvements from some of the slop that's been on the roster for the last couple of years. So they're definitely getting better. There's no question about it. All right. So to my, my summer league experience yesterday, all right. So I put the game on. It's late in the first quarter. I watch a few minutes. Uh, I'm interested to see my boy TLC, Luau Chabaro or whatever his name is, all right? Yeah. And uh, I'm like, all right, yeah, I get a little bit from him. Boy, was that terrible basketball just overall, though, that from from what I watched, right? Ah. So so the second quarter starts, and I'm still with it. A few minutes goes by, and they haven't even referenced Ben Simmons. Like, he's not in the building. So I'm like, he must be a healthy scratch tonight to steal the hockey term. Resting him up. I get it. I flip away, go to Netflix, never go back. Then I I see he has his best night shooting. Where was he when I was watching for those 15 minutes, John Mita? He was just resting up. (laughs) I mean, I couldn't have screwed myself anymore. I actually put on a summer league game only to see Ben Simmons, and in the 15 minutes I watched of real time, he didn't step on the court. And so I flipped off thinking he was. Didn't even, the announcers didn't even mention him. Like, oh, Simmons should be checking back in sooner. There's Ben Simmons combing his hair. Like, yeah. I yeah. don't know. So I blew it. 
Ah, it's okay, man. You'll see some of the highlights. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I got a little Ben Simmons fever here. I know it's a big turnaround from three, four weeks ago. I got a little Simmons fever. I, you know, it's kind of – you look at what Ingram did. The Lakers and the Sixers kind of went head-to-head, and Ingram was like 2-12 shooting and looked like Ben Simmons just had the better game. I mean, he's – you know, is he going to be that, that killer gut instinct, like, you know, get after guy, but he just does so many things. And one of the things that I admired about LeBron James coming out of high school, you know, ESPN broadcasted like six of you know, his last high school games. Yeah. And just to see what a great passer he was and how unselfish he was, that was the one thing. Like, I saw Kobe play in high school live firsthand, live and in color several times. So, but the one thing I noticed with LeBron is his passing was just, and his court vision was incredible. And this guy possesses the same type of characteristics. Like Magic Johnson, I mean, a couple of the passes he's thrown in these games, you're like, wow. Like, how did he thread the needle there? Yeah, Denzel Valentine of the Bulls called him a mini LeBron after he faced him for the first time. Yeah, yeah. For whatever that's worth. All right, uh, Kevin Durant signs with the Golden State Warriors. It happened July 4th. You and I have not been on since then after a week hiatus. But uh, one of the worst-kept secrets in basketball that he was leaning that way came to fruition. Free agency's biggest uh, biggest prize, 27-year-old Kevin Durant, signing with the back-to-back Western Conference champion, Golden State Warriors. The team, of course, had ousted Durant, the Oklahoma City Thunder, in the playoffs. Durant averaging 27.4 points per game in his career, seven-time All-Star, former MVP. Your reaction was what, Johnny Mita? I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Man, did they get better. Uh, Kevin Durant has always been one of my favorite players in the league. And I know the guy took terrible criticism throughout the media, uh, especially Stephen A. Smith, who I just cannot stand, as you all know, on the Brotherly Love podcast. And I just think... He kind of looked at his opportunity, and I think he said, I think he thought that, that they hit the ceiling in Oklahoma City, that he couldn't achieve a title. But you notice that people killed LeBron. You know, he's the prodigal son of Cleveland. Why would he leave? Listen, I get it. He wants to play with better players, and he wants to win a title. And when it comes down to it, you know, essentially, he turned down like $150 million over you know, if they were to max him out. And he took, you know, a two-year deal. It essentially could be just a one-year deal, and then he could opt out. But I like what he did. Everybody in life, you always want to upgrade your job. There's always could be a better opportunity. So why would you get mad at a guy for taking it? Like, oh, he just took the easy way out? Wouldn't you want to play with better players? Wouldn't you want better players on your team? I mean, I don't understand the logic the criticism behind these guys, because, like, I just don't get it. Like, why wouldn't you want to play with better players? And I know they're going to say, well, he didn't lead his team. He's not going to be the sole reason on why they won the title. All of that, to me, is hogwash. So, I kind of like it. I think it's going to be exciting. Um, Obviously, the Golden State Warriors, they had a great team. Now they are a dynamic team. So, I don't really fault him for the move, and uh, 
you know, I wish him the best of luck. I hope he wins three titles out there. I, I don't see 73 to 75 wins with this team, though. I know that, you know, the logic should be, well, they're better now. But but you still have to work within a system and work with your teammates and, and have that meshing, that phase, all right? Anytime we've seen this, whether it was LeBron going to Miami, uh, there's just there's always that time to work things out. Like they're not going to e- magically end up with 20 more possessions per game than they were getting last year. I mean, Golden State led the league last year with just over a hundred, uh, just under 115 points per game. Ironically enough, OKC, the Thunder, were second in the league at 110 points per game. But you're not you're not going to magically now have 30 more shots per game or, por- or you know 30 more possessions than you would in a normal game or you did last season. So other guys are going to get less touches now. To me, it'll be interesting how all that works out. I think at the end of the day, obviously, they're a much better team. That's the understatement of the year. Uh, but at the same time, they need to keep a guy like Draymond Green from getting himself in a load of trouble. And and he hasn't proven he can do that on the quarter off right now with his recent transgression. There'll be some uh, moments there, I think, in, OK, in Golden State where it's not going to be all peachy. But at the end of the day, they're obviously the favorites for a reason. Yeah, and I think also... When it comes down to it, I, I think they're just going to find a way to make it work. But I agree with you, 73 wins. I think at the end of the year, just with that Golden State, you know, they went for that big push to get the record. And I think it kind of wore them down towards the end of the playoffs. I think they ran out of gas. I mean, they punched Cleveland in the mouth and they had them down and then they just didn't, you know, capitalize on it. The other thing, too, that I forgot to mention that I wanted to say before is I think Kevin Durant's relationship with Russell Westbrook became a little fractured. If you look at, he basically published his decision in the Players' Tribune, and it said that he wanted to grow as a player and as a man and fulfill. And to me, that signals that he just became frustrated with the way Westbrook was playing. And there was probably also Russell Westbrook, he's going to be up for free agency after this upcoming year. And I don't think there was a guarantee that he was going to stay in Oklahoma City. Oh, for sure. Why and, not? And, and how long, how long, John, made it to take when Durant made it official? How long did it take before everybody's like, this is Russ's MVP season? Because he's a selfish yeah. player. Because he's going to jack yeah. up his shots no matter who's around yeah. him. He's an Iverson-type player. Fair? Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. So, they all think that. Yeah. So. Um, I, I hang on. All right. So we got, we got a list. I, I, I got a list. Tom Haberstroh. From ESPN had a list because, you know, criticism, fair or not, Durant taking some heat for for joining the superpower team as it was, right? You got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Iguodala, Draymond Green. Now you got Kevin Durant, et cetera. Uh, And we all know LeBron went down to Miami and with D-Wade, they formed kind of a little super. But there have been big threes growing for a while, right? Shaq left Orlando as a free agent for the Lakers. He won there. Uh, Then he demanded a trade to Miami where he also won. Uh, going back even further, Moses Malone won an MVP with the Rockets in 1982. Then he signed with the Sixers team that had made the finals the year before. All right? That was the faux, faux, faux year then in 83, if I'm not mistaken. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got tired of living in Milwaukee, says the article from Haberstroh. He demanded a trade to either New York or Los Angeles. Um, Earl Monroe couldn't win it all with the Bullets. He demanded a deal, refused to play. And then we go all the way back to Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt led the NBA in assists and rebounds in 1968. He was the league MVP, 
but he got fed up with Sixers management, demanded a trade to a team in L.A. that already had Jerry West and Elgin Baylor. That's all the way back in the 60s. So there's certainly a ton of precedent in the NBA for this sort of thing. It's the new trend. I mean, this is going to happen a lot more. I mean, he's the same when you know, Chris Paul gets freed up. He's like best friends with LeBron and Carmelo. And maybe at the end of the year, they go to one team and play for one-year deals because they've made enough money in their careers. And, yeah, I just think that uh, it's, it's going to continue to happen. And the beautiful thing is you look at the Sixers is, you know, with all these young pieces and the two draft picks next year, they're talking you can have like four or five guys that were like top six picks in the lottery. And if they can pan out, when LeBron starts aging and some of the other players start aging, the window will be open to step in and try to make a championship run. So it's going to be exciting, man. Kevin Garnett left up. the T-Wolves for the Celtics. I mean, there, exactly. there's a track yeah. record of this. And, Ray Allen, exactly. But, you know, yeah. today with social media and blogs and everything's got to be – on the fly, you got to have your hot takes. Stephen A. Smith, you said it. Skip Bayless, these guys, these talking heads. Obviously, they want to draw ratings. They're going to have a reaction, and some people are going to be haters of the thing. It's plain and simple. I mean, I, that's just the way it is. Yeah, that's the way it is, and it's unfortunate. But and even Bart, I mean, a lot of guys have just come out and killed them. And I'm like, I, I just, I don't get it. You know, I really listen. Everybody wants to win it. The ultimate goal and every professional sport is to win a championship. And think about how many great players, right, careers were never fulfilled because they never won that prize. You're talking about your John Stockton's. Carl Sir Malone. Charles, you just named him. Charles is one. Charles. Yeah, and I know he's killing, he's killing the rent, but at the same time, he went to the Rockets and joined up with Hakeem and, and Drexler and Pippen to see if they can make a run at it. Yep. So, well... We'll see how it shakes out. Warriors, obviously, the favorites this year, and it's not even close. All right, we'll take a timeout on the Brotherly Love podcast on SoundCloud.com. Talk some Phillies baseball and that NFL.com list about the top defensive lines in the league. That's in store for you after this. You're listening to the Brotherly Love podcast exclusively on SoundCloud.com. We are back. The Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. Joe Donald, John Mita. Thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter at BelovePodcast. Little Biggie Smalls, little notorious B.I.G. Johnny Meats. One of the, one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time, that's for sure. Yeah, man. And uh, speaking of East Coast MCs, you and I were talking over yeah. the weekend. I had a chance to see Nas this weekend in Des Moines. That was Nas is, baller, man. Uh, he's always been one of my favorite um MCs, man, of all time. Like, I, I just love his beats. Were just well. I mean, I mean bro- think about Illmatic. It's in the '90s. There's like really nobody else on the record. It's just a beat and him yeah. just killing it. Yeah, and uh-huh. uh, he was just put on a great show. I mean, for all that's going on in America with the violence and the chaos, to see a hip hop yeah. show and really a rapper. All right, and as much as Nas yeah. is hip hop, he's a rapper, and yeah. Uh, and to see a show where, granted, it's Des Moines, Iowa, so there's not a lot of chaos and violence to begin with, but a very kind of positive, 
show, even though he's rapping about blunts and guns and cops and, you know what I mean? He could still do that without somebody getting shanked in the crowd, you know, and uh, it was a hell of a show. Yeah, that's great. You had the opportunity. I saw him. He kind of did like a a double show with Stephen Marley because they did some tracks together. So it was kind of, yeah, he was great to see live and in person, that's for sure. Yeah, man. All right, let's jump to the fight in Phil's all-star break. The Phillies pull into the all-star break through 90 games at 42 and 48. Uh, Odubel Herrera, the club's lone all-star, is 294 average, 22 extra base hits, 44 walks, helping him get the nod. I'm going to spread the love, though, quickly to our boy Jenmar Gomez, 24 saves okay. and a 2.59 ERA. Mad props to Jenmar, who was snubbed from the all-star roster. But look, Philly's playing much better baseball. If you kind of median this thing out, right, start the start the season four losses, then go on a tear above everybody's expectations, eventually get the seven games over 500, and then they couldn't win for about three weeks. Now starting to play a little bit better baseball, take two of three, win some series, split some series. Uh, Cameron Rupp's been mashing the ball. His average is up to 287. He's got 17 doubles, nine home runs. Um, so congrats to Odubel Herrera, the Rule 5 draft pick turned all-star. The Phillies six games below 500 at the break. They've still been a fun team to watch for large chunks of the year. But August 1st is the trade deadline, John Mita. And if you're Matt Klintak and Andy McPhail in the brass, you pulling the trigger on moving some of these younger players, maybe a Gomez, maybe a Herrera, maybe a Cameron Rupp, if they can bring you the right assets? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I kind of shot this around with some of my friends. We talked about it. I just, I, I kind of like where they are. Yeah. I don't know if I'd pull the trigger. Me too. If they, if they get some extreme haul, but to be honest with you, I don't really think they're as far as away from competing yeah. as, as maybe other people. Like, when I say that, if you want to kind of break it down to like a year thing, I mean, I really see them two to three years out from them really. So why would you give up? like a player like that, and, and essentially you'll probably give up for some form. Here's the deal. Like, they're proving themselves at the major league level. Yep. And when you talk about Herrera and Rupp, like, they're, they're hitting the ball very well. So do you really want to take on younger farm assets and then try to kind of wait and see, and they might be ready four or five years? No, because I, not me. If you, Yeah, and if you look at Herrera, like, he's – listen, any outfield at times, it could be an adventure with him. Uh, the base yeah. pass, too, for the record. And again, I, yeah. I will state this. Right. I stated it before. It's the Latin influence. It's the Latin culture. It's the bat flips. It's the space cadet and the base pass. It's driving me yeah. crazy. Slowly but surely, yeah. I'm starting to get fed up with it. I see a little Bobby Abreu in Odubel Herrera. All right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I, it drives me crazy because I'm a Chase Utley guy. I said this before. I wish every player was cut like Chase Utley from that same cloth. That's not reality. But that's what I what between Franco and Herrera and Hernandez and Galvis, sometimes I think there's a little bit too much of flair and fun and not enough fundamentals, not enough, this ain't good enough, let's get our act together. So that part of the core group bothers me. I get it. I know that's their culture. But it bothers me. So I want to see less of that. But to your point, and I thought we were going to disagree here because I thought you were going to say trade, 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 sell them, sell them, sell them. I'm on the same yeah. boat, dude. I don't think it's a good thing. 
Uh, I think there's enough in the Phillies farm system from everything we read and hear, especially from a pitching standpoint, that this team could compete soon. You know, if J.P. Crawford comes comes up in a year or by the end of the year and he's a serviceable or star player, now you're starting to add some pieces to the Herrera-Rupp kind of group. I think Galvis can obviously be a good utility player. Who knows about Cesar Hernandez yet? I think the jury's still out. So unless it's Ryan Howard, Chuch Ruiz, Andres Blanco, or Jeremy Hellickson that you're trading and getting younger players for, I don't see I don't see a need that the Phillies make any moves because they're not trying to win now. So why would you blow things up with your younger star players uh, just to get younger and more prospects and more hopefuls? At some point, you need some players. Exactly, and look at the pitching staff. Like, what a pleasant surprise they're starting pitching. They have some good young arms, and you keep on air at center field. Mickey Moniak, the number one pick, obviously, in three to four years, he'll be up here. But if they just lock down one or two corner outfielders, and that's something you can also address in free agency, Yeah, you look at the way their infield sits with a Franco, you know, Tommy Joseph might put the stamp and take the first base job. They have the kid Randolph and the minors who could be coming up in the next couple of years. And, and with J.P. Crawford, like, they're going to be set. They just need to get a couple more outfielders with some pop and some power. And I think two to three years. That's why I'm with you, man. I would not, I would not sell at the deadline. And we'll see what happens. Unless you find a way to get Mike Trout here. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cameron Rupp, I have a feeling, is playing his way into a trade, though. Just because they have pitching, or excuse me, catching prospects in the system. Yeah. I'm kind of concerned about that because he's mashing the ball right now, that there's some teams turning their heads, uh, literally, yeah. because he is he is uh, showing some good power at the plate. Uh, so that I, I think he could be a guy that you see go bye-bye because Chooch can pick up the games that Rupp's been playing, and then you got young prospects down in the down in the system uh one other thing on baseball real quick john Mita, since it is the all-star break it's an absolute joke that five chicago cubs got voted in by the fans like really can we stop with the fan voting now or can we make it a vote once and you're done because it's embarrassing all right five cubs hey they don't even have the best record in baseball right now or the national league for that matter after their more their their recent skid so uncle with the five cubs all right because because fans in Chicago can hit refresh and, and submit again. Like, that's embarrassing. Vote once yeah, and that's it. it. Yeah, and you run into that problem, too, in the NBA. I mean, people are voting Kobe Bryant into the All-Star yeah, game. it's when, just stupid. Obviously, it was last year, but, I mean, he was just fucking terrible. Like, if I mean, you're over 25 and you're voting 30 times for Chris Bryant, you're living in Chicago, you need your man card yeah. revoked. All right, to the NFL.com uh, rankings, because I sent this to you bright and early this morning, and you you were pretty fired up. Uh, Greg Rosenthal, uh, writer for NFL.com, recently did a list of the league's best defensive lines, and, and an NFL Twitter account was, was kind of teasing it, and I sent it to you. Uh, the Eagles are on the list of the top 12. They come in at number six. The Los Angeles Rams are number one. You've got your Buffalo Bills, your Seattle Seahawks, the Vikings, the Jets, you know, good defenses, but a, a the Carolina Panthers. But there's no Denver Broncos, which Rosenthal, uh, Rosenthal had some explanation for because, uh, you know, they lost, they lost some uh, yeah. 
some depth at the end of the season, winning the Super Bowl, and guys bolting elsewhere. And Vaughn Miller, Vaughn Miller's a linebacker, technically. I get it. Um, no, no Houston Texans because J.J. Watt doesn't have enough support around him. But if he's the best player on the planet at his position, how the hell is their unit not in the top twelve in the league? Like, give me a break. But number four was the New York Football Giants, and I wonder if Greg Rosenthal either uh, is based out of New York, sniffs glue in New York, <laughs> like. Really? The New York Giants have one of the worst defenses ever uh, the last couple years. I mean, they've been terrible, terrible. JPP has one freaking hand, and and the Giants made the list. Uh, Your thoughts, and then maybe I'll read what he wrote. Yeah, well, let me just give you the list of who they listed on the Giants. Olivier Vernon, who was the biggest signing from the Miami Dolphins, you know, had his first kind of breakout year. Of course, it happens in a contract year. Got like 14 sacks last year. Signs a huge contract. The one-handed J.P. Pace, Jonathan Hankins, Damon Harrison, Terry Wynn. Now, I couldn't pick any of these guys out of a lot. <laughs> but I know a lot of players. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know who any of these guys are. Obviously, I know Jason Pierre-Paul, and I know who Olivier Vernon is. But the other guys yeah. that make up that line. How they're above the Eagles is just ridiculous. First of all, Roger Cox alone, he is better than any one of those players on that list. Times Here. two. Times two. And then you have uh, Betty Logan. I think he's going to have another good, solid year. And then Vinny Curry, who's not going to become a starring defensive end. I mean, it's a joke. Connor I mean, Barwin, Brandon Graham. Like, really? Right. right. Yeah. I, yeah. How are these I mean, guys? How are they ahead of the Panthers? When you talk about Star Latui, yeah. Charles Johnson, yeah. like really? I know it's a yeah. list and it's a ranking, but Greg Rosenthal from NFL.com needs his head examined. I, I agree. Man. I pulled I pulled a Pro Football Focus list. Okay, this came after the regular season, just before the playoffs this past year. So after Week 17, Pro Football Focus it actually like accounts numbers and it's not just like where they like to eat food, like Greg Rosenthal. All right, the Broncos were one, the Dolphins were two, the Rams were three, the Raiders were four, the Texans were five, Eagles at six. And the top ten does not have the New York football Giants. So I'll take pro football focus and their knowledge and analysis and stats over Greg Rosenthal and where he likes to shop on the weekends, all right? I mean, this, like, literally, if he would respond to the lowly brotherly love podcast, I would have had his cracker ass on the program. But there's no way he would have responded. Yeah, it's just... And the Giants. When I when you sent this to me, I'm like, wow. come on, give me a I break. Mean, that's, and like, and I like what you said too. Like the Houston Texans line, the fact that they're not in the top twelve. You're talking about JJ Watt, Vince Wilfork. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get out of Clowney, but if he ever comes to the program, well, you don't I know mean, what you're getting out of one-handed JPP. <laughs> I'll take Clowney and his and his uh, lack of care. Over JPP and the and the hamburger helper yeah. he's got on his hand. <laughs> oh man, that's brutal. But yeah, this, this some of these lists and they're just lists, and we're giving our opinion. But for me, the Giants is the biggest shock of the list. The other ones I, I kind of, you know, I can understand and agree with the Jets. They have a solid yeah. The Bengals, Geno Atkins, I get it. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Fire Marshal yeah, Bill thinks that the Giants shouldn't be on there after that fireworks yeah. safety issue. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Let me let me yeah. let me give a quick shout out. Uh, yeah, do or it. I'll spread the love to uh, one of my favorite NBA players of all time, and I 
I used to be a huge San Antonio Spurs fan, and today Tim Duncan announced his retirement from the NBA, and his nickname, the Big Fundamental, and he couldn't have had a better nickname for, for what he brought to the table in his game, just the consistency, the way he played the game for so many years and at such a high level, and how many championships, and staying to be able to begin and end your career with one team is also an impressive thing in this day and age. And uh, big props to Timmy, as I used to say, and uh, the greatest power forward of all time. People can make all their other arguments, but bar none, you might want to say calm alone. No, not even close. Tim Duncan, greatest power forward of all time. Rack it! Love it, love it, love it. Good job. Tim Duncan, 19 years, same team, same head coach, over 1,000 wins. 15-time yeah. All-Star, all the titles, MVPs, and you never heard yeah. boo in the media, off the court, nothing. They don't make no them like Tim Duncan, my friend. Not anymore. That's for sure. All right. Crushed it. 30 minutes in the books. Hope you enjoyed it on SoundCloud.com. Not sure when the next one will be. Maybe next week, if not in person in Stone Harbor in the near future. Enjoy the rest of the uh, month of July if we don't get up with you in the meantime. And... Uh, until next time, as Football always. Football season. Football season <laughs> right around the corner. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. For John Mita, Joe O'Donnell, next time we'll see Thanks for listening to the Brotherly Love Podcast on SoundCloud.com. 